Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, your host, surrounded by my bevy of doctrinaires. Tim Andrews is here. Good morning. English Nick is here. You call it a bevy of beauties. That's right. Autumn Fisher is here. Hello. There she is. And of course, the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto is here. What's up, everybody? And as he does every week, he will get us started with this. Headlines of the week. That's right. That's simple enough. Anything happened this week? I've been asleep. Oh, yeah. Not, not, not much at all, right? Okay. <laughs> In a conference call to her aides, poor Hillary Clinton blamed FBI Director James Comey for her loss to Donald Trump. So the fact that he came out with, uh, I'm reopening the investigation to the emails, and then a couple days before the election, he said, well, I haven't found anything new here. And she's blaming that. And let me just say this. This is a big mistake for the Democrats. If they're going to go down this route, that it was Comey's fault, that uh, uh, people weren't ready for a female president. Let me tell you something. I think you could take all of the people in this country who voted against Hillary because she's a woman, and you wouldn't be able to get 1% of the people. Uh, look, can I remind people that Republicans are enamored with Margaret Thatcher, and she came to power in another country in the early, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Republicans tried to make Carly Fiorina or something she fizzled uh there's no the sexist thing uh the white lash i'll get to that in a second is not true the democrats if they're going to go down this road are going to do themselves a disservice because they're not going to do the forensics necessary to figure out what went wrong and why they went wrong. On one level, they cleared the carpet and allowed no competition. You could see it in the WikiLeaks. No competition to Hillary Clinton. This was a gold watch run. You've been around a long time, much like Bob Dole in the 90s on the Republican side. It's your turn. And they gave it to a person who was a uniquely weak candidate she has never beaten anyone of substance not on the senate level and as soon as she ran into trouble with 2008 with a charismatic guy like barack obama she was immediately in trouble they had the evidence in front of her that she was not a strong candidate but besides that uh The Democrats have lost their way with working people, working men and women. They used to be the party of the working class. And now, millionaires and billionaires vote for the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party has become a party that is more worried about climate change a hundred years from now than how people are going to get jobs in the next couple of years. And they completely lost touch with the wide working class. Look, climate change, 
you can argue about it. Some people say, everybody says, you know, 96% of all scientists say it's real. And then I ask them, name one. And nobody can name one of these scientists or who they are or what their background is. <laughs> they just parrot this idea that 96%. I'm not going to get lost down that rabbit hole. But let me just say this. You're not, it, it, even if you, were, you could be made to care about climate change, you're not going to care about what happens in 100 years if you're worried about tomorrow. If you're worried about putting food on the table tomorrow. And that's where the Democrats have lost their way. It's kind of funny to me that the night before the election, there was Bruce Springsteen, the working class troubadour, <laughs> out there, <laughs> out there telling people, his people, that worked in factories or used to work in factories, that they should vote for the same candidate that most of the people on Wall Street wanted to be president of the United States. She said that she's going to fire you if she gets elected. <laughs> you got to vote for that change. Bruce Spring. So isn't it interesting that the people, the working class people, went against a guy who's a multimillionaire who tries to pretend that he's a regular person, a working class person, and went with a guy who brags about the fact that he's a billionaire. Why? Because one of them was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen. And because the other's a woman. And, uh, well, you can keep going on that if you would like to. I it, just. I, there's no other reason why I lost. It had nothing to that's do with it. the fact that you're a deplorable liar. <laughs> How about that? No, that's not true. It's, it's, it's uh, the emails and I'm a woman. That's all I heard. Well, let's no. not. Let's not forget about uh, the, the idea that uh, this was all a big racial thing. And Michael Moore has gotten this right. Oh, I disagree with Michael Moore. Michael Moore can't stand uh, Trump. I, I, it annoys me on Fox News and in talk radio. They take him out of context and make him seem like he's becoming a Republican. He can't stand Trump. And he disagrees with how his neighbors voted. But he understands them. And he was on a panel on MSNBC, and some professor of cluckety-cluck-whatever <laughs> was going on about how this was uh, a white lash. And uh, this is interesting, what he said. You have to accept that millions of people who voted for Barack Obama, some of them once, some of them twice, changed their minds this time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not racist. They twice voted for a man whose middle name is Hussein. That's the America you live in. I've been saying this uh, since the election actually happened. What people don't seem to understand is Donald Trump being elected is right along in the same piece as Barack Obama being elected back in 2008. Barack Obama was an unknown quantity. He'd been a senator for two years, hadn't done much. There was no legislation that was famous that was the Obama legislation from those two years. But people then felt like it just wasn't happening for them. So let's take a chance. Let's take a chance on somebody from the outside. To most people, first black president, you know, let's, let's, let's tear it up a little bit. Let's see if we can change this up. And he, he promised to be a, uh, a unifying force. He was not that. And I was successful. You were successful at unifying the nation? That's right. Against Hillary. <laughs> That's exactly right. And so Donald Trump is in the same piece. It's the same idea. Let's take a chance on something that's not... That's not ordinary. That's not status quo. Because we're not feeling it here. And that's the real reason. People are willing... You know, in Texas, there was a county in Texas that voted in that one county. The same people voted for Donald Trump as president 
and uh, I believe a female black sheriff, but definitely a black sheriff in the same Democrat, Democrat in the same county. They split their ticket and they voted for Donald Trump for president and their first black sheriff as in, in the county. That's what's really going on in the country. People do not feel that the ruling class cares about them anymore. They care about what the environment is going to look like 100 years from now. Well, let me give some advice to the Democrats. All right? You can go right back. I, uh, I believe this is uh, the thoughts of Jesus Christ right out of your New Testament. You've got to feed them first. You've got to feed people first. If you want people to start thinking about big ideas like climate change and what it's going to do to the earth in 100 years, they better have food on their table and not be worried about that first. And so that's what they've lost. They got, they've become this, this celebrity glitterati party, and they have completely lost their working class roots. And Bruce Springsteen... Yeah. Yeah, you're you're now singing from from an ivory tower, you know, an ivory tower singing, and you and the bosses, the CEOs, and the millionaires and billionaires all agree that the working class should should vote a certain way. All those kids marching down the street with the parents' credit cards and their iPhones, <laughs> they can't catch a break in this society. You know, I remember, I remember when, uh, I remember when Springsteen actually, uh, uh, the winter of 1980, I was 16 years old, I was confused, and you want to go back and see a time when Bruce Springsteen actually sang about the people and understood who he was singing, go back and listen to the song, The River, I grew up down in the valley where Mr. When You're Young, they bring you up to do just like your daddy done. I mean, that's when he sang. I, I, I was thinking about this. I was listening to Springsteen on the way in because I wanted to get back in touch when he actually sang for people. And I remember the winter of 1980 when Hungry Heart was on the radio. I was in the Northeast. There was snow everywhere, Christmas lights around bars, Hungry Heart playing on the radio. And I was 16, confused. I didn't want to do what the adults around me wanted to do. And I had no doubt that Bruce Springsteen was singing to me, about me, and for me. And that man has completely lost his way. And when you add, I mean, Donald Trump, you look at just the last few days of this, this campaign and what was happening. Donald Trump was flying all over the country, not to major cities, to smaller cities, being around areas like Scranton and other areas. Uh, places Do we of, love Scranton? It's we love great. It. We love Eastern it. PA, love it. Poconos, love it. So she was surrounding herself with Lady Gaga and John Bon Jovi and Beyonce and Jay-Z, and he had huge crowds. And so all these people from the Ivory Tower were telling their people, you need to vote with the Wall Street class for your own good. And Donald Trump was out there saying to people, in a couple of days, you've got a chance to do something remarkable. You have the chance to break the system. You have a chance to be heard. That was a very two different ways to wind things up. Do we have a little bit of time here? Yeah, almost, go ahead. We're almost in the commercial. Well, can, I, can I ask a question? Yes. You can. So could the argument be made that they were trying to uh, talk to the middle class or the lower class when they're trying to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour? Yes, I suppose, but it didn't resonate. Uh, people don't have mm -hmm. jobs. People can't get full-time jobs. 
Yeah, right. Two weeks before the election, uh, a whole bunch of people got their notices about what was going to happen with their health care through this system that they claimed was going to help their lives make it easier. And people literally, I thought Trump was lying when he was saying 45 percent. People were seeing 20, 30, 45, 50 percent. Uh, raises and what their premiums were going to be. And it wasn't resonating. $15 an hour doesn't do me any good if I'm not at work, if I don't have a job, or I want a full-time job, but the boss won't put me on full-time because then he's got to deal with Obamacare. So he keeps me on part-time. People are... Look, Donald Trump may be... One of three things is going to happen. He's either going to be a good president, a mediocre president, or a horrible president. We don't know. We don't know. But people are putting him there for the same reason they put Obama there, and Obama let them down. They don't want the status quo, and they want a government that they believe thinks about them and cares about them. And I'll get to the silly Kate McKinnon in Saturday Night Live when we return. Also, do we not have Ginsburg's game day picks, I believe? Yes. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is here with her football <laughs> picks when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Welcome back. I am Eric Von Hessler. That's Bruce Springsteen back when he was Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) When he actually knew what working people wanted, what they desired, what their dreams were. Before he tried to pretend that he wasn't a multimillionaire and lost the election to a guy who wasn't afraid to brag about the fact that he was a billionaire because one of them was telling the truth. So what you're saying, Eric, is just be you, right? Uh, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is that Bruce Springsteen used to actually understand the people that he sang about. You know, I don't like Michael Moore's politics, but at least the guy still understands, even though he disagrees with his neighbors. He does understand what's going on. People like Bruce Springsteen, and then when you add like Lady Gaga, who uh, shows up to protest, but she doesn't get arrested. I saw 60 people or something in Manhattan got arrested. Not Lady Gaga. She just showed up. Kind of like her dive bar tour nonsense. She might have had a gig after the protest, though. Oh, yeah. I'm going to stand here. Hey, what's next? (laughs) What's next from these hackneyed celebrities? How about Lady Gaga with uh, masking tape over her mouth or something like that? Well, we haven't seen that. death. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I've always thought it's ironic that that Springsteen is called the boss. Well, that's supposed to. That's kind of the joke is that he took over and now he's the boss. Now he's the CEO. Well, you know, let some of you go. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> you guys need to vote just like the Wall Street crowd for your own good. I know um, uh, my Grubhub app here. I want you all to. If you vote against Trump, if you vote for Trump, you're going to get fired. <laughs> so uh, last night, Saturday Night Live opens up with Kate McKinnon, who plays Hillary Clinton, and she's just totally serious. Leonard Cohen, you may or may not know him, one of the great uh, artists of our time, died a few days ago at 82, and so she opens up seriously, dressed as Hillary Clinton, singing one of his songs. Songs. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And she turns to the camera. I'm not giving up, and neither should you. And live from New York at Saturday night. She's basically crying. Alec Baldwin didn't show up. There was no time for fun. No. Nope. There was no time for Trump fun. Alec Baldwin didn't I thought that like was it. beautiful. I bet you did. I bet you cried. Uh, it was it was lovely. <laughs> what I get what I get annoyed with is that uh, this guy Leonard Cohen, who by the way he was an artist, and I'm sure he w- thank you he wouldn't dig Donald Trump, 
Uh, but uh, he would see through her. Hold, hold the music for just one second. Because here's, here's uh, another thing that Leonard Cohen uh, once said. I'm sentimental, if you know what I mean. I love the country, but I can't stand the scene. Mm. And I'm neither left or right. I'm just staying home tonight. Getting lost in that hopeless little screen. Leonard Cohen would have seen right through the Clintons, Hillary Clinton, and the entire Glitterati. We'll be back. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we'll take an in-depth look at the impact of this historic election on state and local issues, plus $282 in coupon savings. That's why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Turn this up. Leonard Cohen, the great Leonard Cohen, is gone. And, uh... Uh, being appropriate just annoyed me on on uh, Saturday Night Live. Here, pull up again. Uh, that's fine. It is murder. Hey, you can pull it down. So uh, when I just have to reclaim Leonard Cohen back for the sensible people after Kate Ugh. McKinnon. Uh, destroyed him last night as a Hillary lover. I don't, I'm sure he would have hated Trump, don't get me wrong, but he was a smart dude and uh, wasn't totally on the left. Any real sure. Leonard Cohen fan who saw that last night was, has got to be, a, like me, offended, man. Yeah, absolutely. Why you would so, appropriate that the guy's dead. He can't say whether he's on your side or not. Uh, in, that, in that song there, there's one line that says something about uh, kill another fetus now. We don't like children anyhow. I've seen the future, brother. It is murder. <laughs> so I'm not so sure no. he easily stays <laughs> on, the, uh, on the left. Speaking of, whoa, that voice there, that means it's time for this. Right here. Even though I'm pointing. What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. With Autumn Fisher! That's right. <laughs> WTF. What the fun and games, Autumn Fisher? What's going on? Well, for the if you go to the University of California in Santa Cruz, there's now an app that you can report microaggressions on. Oh, uh, isn't that nice? So now we. <laughs> what what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Can you give us a little bit? Put, put some put some some meat on those bones. What exactly does that mean? Well, it's it's from an assistant professor of psychology who I think might just be studying what students uh, feel is a microaggression. Yeah, they don't ask them to justify it, or they don't um, tell whether it's really a microaggression or just straight out. I don't know. She's so just trying to figure out it, what what they thought of as a microaggression. I uh, see here right. it says and so, uh, so far the app the app has recorded 477 reports of microaggressions <laughs> from 294 students. Eh, this has just got to end. At yeah. some point, this has got to end. This is one of the reasons that Trump is your president coming up. By the way, again, I have to point out something just because it's important to me, and I really believe it's actually important to at least why we don't know how to talk to each other anymore. We don't know anything about civics. And uh, one good example is that everybody, including the president, uh, including the vice president, when he announced Donald Trump the night of, of the victory, and CBS and ABC and NBC and everybody saying, President-elect Donald Trump. He is not the president-elect, and we all should know this. It's a small point, I know. 
But these little pieces of truth that just, that no one understands must add up into the madness that we mm, see in the That streets. sounds like a microaggression over uh, there. You're, 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 you're taking it out on Trump over here. I'm not taking it out on... No, it's not. I'm taking it out on everything. No, you're making me feel stupid for saying that. No. Yeah, that's, so that's a microaggression against uh, me. Well, then that was that, then guilty. I must say guilty then. <laughs> well, the good thing is if you were at that university, you could lie in bed and send it on the app, not even go to the office and make a report. The truth of the matter is, if it matters to anybody about what the truth is anymore in civics in this country Donald Trump is the president designate he does not become the president elect until the electors go to D- wherever they go I'm assuming it's DC wherever they get together in December and actually vote the way when you vote nobody understands that you know I, I, there's another issue that's going on right now uh, the Supreme Court has decided to look at the transgender bathroom issue in North Carolina Everywhere that I read, the headline basically is, Supreme Court will decide whether or not transgender students can go to the bathroom of their choice. That's not true. A result of the ruling will be for a while one or the other will happen. But it's simply not true. The Supreme Court is not going to decide whether it's right for transgendered students to use the bathroom of their choice. The Supreme Court is going to decide whether Barack Obama was within his uh, rightful area to decide that Title IX. You see how it is when you get when you have to learn about the system. <laughs> the Supreme Court. What? Is, I don't get it. The Supreme title, Court what? is going to decide whether Title IX, the language of Title IX, actually says that transgenders should be able to choose the bathroom of their choice. That's all they're deciding. Now, when, once they decide that, and there's a it's pretty good idea that Title IX doesn't, because they're going to go back in the arguments, and I, if I'm standing for the Supreme Court and I'm arguing against them, I say, I, I've looked at every debate around Title IX that happened in the Congress, and no one brought up transgendered people. So, And then the other side's going to say, yeah, but it's living and breathing, and it should, and that will go in front of the Supreme Court. But... That's not the way that it's reported to people. The way that it's reported is the Supreme Court will decide whether it's right or wrong for transgendered people to choose the bathroom of their choice. That's not what they're deciding. They're deciding whether the president was right to say the language of Title IX says that you can do this. These little things that we don't seem to understand, and we're all in this clickbait world where, good goodness gracious, don't bog me down with a fourth paragraph on anything. <laughs> TLDR, yes. Mm-hmm. Here's a little fact here. So the electors actually meet in each state's capital and okay. then cast their votes there to Washington. Okay. There you go. You so 50 separate, uh, you have fifty separate meetings. And what date does that happen? That happens on December 9th, or 19th, excuse and me. More Electors, whatever it ended up being, 279 or whatever, are going to put in their vote for Donald Trump than the number of electors. When you vote, you're not actually voting for president. You're voting an elector. For your state. For your state. And then, and based on how big the population of your state is, you have more electors that you are voting for. And there are only two states that have split votes like that, and that's Nebraska right. and Maine, where it's based on the congressional district. Now, all the other states, they typically vote with how the popular vote was for that state. But the point being, he's not the president-elect until 200, over 270 electors elect him the president-elect. He is now the president-designate. And I hate to be picky about it, but I really feel like it's a shame 
that CBS, that the, the, it's one thing for regular, you know, who, who thinks about this stuff? But we go to our newspapers, we go to, you know, Mike Pence that night introduced Donald Trump as the president-elect. It's a little thing. But, you know, you start losing, you know, the sand starts shifting under the foundation. You just start losing things. And then I hear about how the Supreme Court is going to decide whether it's right or wrong for transgender people. to No, that's not what they're doing. And then no wonder we react ridiculously to things because it's, they're not explained to us properly. Anyway, so the, uh, and back to the app. Enough already. <laughs> Enough already with the crying and the moaning. You don't like the fact that Donald Trump's president. There's one thing you should be doing. Unballing your fist. I used to say this to the right wing all the time, right? Mm-hmm. The Tea Party. Unball your fist. Open your arms and go out there and persuade more people to your side. In two years, you've got midterm elections. You can change the Congress. In four years, you've got another presidential election. Get to work finding a candidate who can beat the person you don't like. And on January, I love when I see not my president, again, well, you know what? You're right. Barack Obama's still your president. Right. But on January 20th at 12.01, whether you like it or not, Donald Trump is going to be your president. Now, stop crying. And if you don't like that, get motivated. Get out there. You know, but you have to persuade more people that you're right. And you know what? Calling people Nazis is not usually a good way to get them to come to your party. I'm thinking <laughs> it's probably not a good way to do it. Anyway, give me another WTF story. Remember when life was simple and we just used, we all had dial up internet and used AOL? Oh, yes. Ah, the uh, good old days. You would take mail. It would take like uh, 10 minutes. A, a minute for, a, yeah, a minute or so for a web uh, page to load. Oh, oh, wonderful noise. You see that key flying around? It's oh, fantastic. Oh, so nice. Yes. Oh, it just feels so good. Well, anyway, the uh, guy that said, you've got mail, now drives for Uber. <laughs> You've got a right. <laughs> I got the audio. So some millennial, because you can tell it's a millennial. Oh my god! Uh, was riding in an Uber and found out that that's, that's exactly who this guy was. And uh oh, I messed up, folks. Go ahead, finish the. So tell me the story, and I will redo this. Audio well, yeah. So, so this can... girl's in the in an Uber. She realizes who this guy is, or maybe he tells her. I don't know what he's yeah. telling all of his passengers. Yeah, and then he, uh, she records it on. Yeah. <laughs> Very special that he's the voice behind. Welcome. You've got mail. (laughs) (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. Welcome. You've got mail. Yay. Okay, what's your name? Elwood Edwards. Elwood Edwards. Thank you. You bet. It's horrible. <laughs> Let's not forget about the sad part that the guy who, I don't know what he was doing then, but now he's driving an Uber, which an Uber is right there with, I'm in real estate with, I'm doing a job that I don't want to be doing, but I really need money right now. So Wait, are you trying to say that she's a millennial? I think she's a millennial. She sounds like a millennial to me because she's just celebrating how adorable this old guy is. You've got microaggressions. <laughs> Could somebody but just like, ma- I don't even know what I don't even know what AOL is. Like what is that? Is well, it like an old cable system or something? This is Melanie, the millennial blogger. I guess maybe I may be right. Hey you guys, not- I just want to let you know I don't understand the story cuz like who is this guy and what what do you mean like when you would get like paper mail or something? How do you feel about Donald Trump being president, Melanie? Oh my god, it's just the worst. Oh my god, so stupid. I think it's just like electoral whatever, popular vote. Hello, 
popular <laughs> vote. Uh, you want to change the, the Electoral Constitution? College is unconstitutional. Is it now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what Melody, the millennial blogger, believes. It's unconstitutional. Yeah, it's not what I believe. It's what I know. It makes sense. Popular vote, okay? Not my president. Hashtag whatever. <laughs> Hashtag whatever. Oh, there we go. Another one we lost. Leon Russell. More WTF when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Here we go. for one more second. All right, there you go. The great Leonard Cohen is gone. If you don't know who he is, you should look him up because he was awesome. We're doing WTF. Autumn, a little more. Oh, wait a minute. First, uh, oh. uh, before you get to your next uh, WTF story, okay. I have to go back to this, uh, the, the, this guy that was... Um, in the, the this is my Uber driver, and he just told me something very special that he's the voice behind. Welcome. You've got mail. No way! Do it again, do it again. Welcome. You've got mail. Yay! Okay, what's your... So, uh, do you think... I'm guessing everybody who's ever jumped into that Uber car was told that story. This guy's been telling that story to everybody he's been in the backseat ever since whatever happened to his life. Yeah, he's milking it. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, my sense- welcome to my Uber. Welcome. <laughs> hey, you kind of sound like, well, as a matter of fact. Welcome. Yeah, exactly. I can't afford Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I have no real job. <laughs> welcome. My wife left me. <laughs> <laughs> we have the old AOL uh, dial-up uh, kind of sound. It's a uh, just as long as we're doing nostalgia, we mm. lost. <laughs> oh, the old days. Welcome. You've <laughs> got mail. Uh, it feels soothing for some reason. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. all, everything old seems soothing. Yeah. That reminds you of a time. I want to make that my, my text tone. Welcome. Welcome. My life is in the dumps. He's got me thinking uh, of Mindspring now. Remember Mindspring? He's better off. Earthlink? He's better off than that, uh, the homeless voiceover guy. Remember yeah, it's him? kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that guy, he was on the corner and he had that, and then he got a job, and guess what? He ended up losing that job yeah. again. I spent all the money and ended up back on the street. Yeah, it, turned, it turns out I'm He's a drug doing guy. better now, I think. Is he? He, he got, yeah, he, he went back to the street and now he's back off well, the street. Well, I'm fighting my personal demons. That's right. I've got personal <laughs> That's right. And yes, I sound great, don't I? Parquet. <laughs> All right, we got more headlines when we come back. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. My doctrinaires are here. Tim's here, and English Nick is here, and Autumn is here, and... 
Of course, the handsomest producer in all producery, Jared Yamamoto, uh, with this. More headlines. Started with headlines. Now we have more headlines. Fill us in. At 7 p.m. tonight, Eric, Donald Trump will be on 60 Minutes, and he says that health care, border security, and jobs will be his top three priorities when he moves into the White House. Uh, now, that's if the football game ends at 7 p.m. That's yeah. correct. Well, maybe if we get a little overtime, it may not start until 7.15 or something. Well, excuse me? said it's not fair. The football game should be over. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if CBS has a late <laughs> game or how it's going to work. So, uh, But they... Released a little bit. I guess they did the interview, I think, yesterday. Yes. And they released a little bit of it. And he does talk about, you know, everybody's saying, oh, look, he's selling out already because he's saying that he's willing to keep a couple aspects of Obamacare. The problem with Obamacare isn't necessarily this provision or that provision. It's the way the whole thing was rolled out and the way that it was put together. Uh, Trump has been saying for a long time that you have to cover people. And it's being seen as a step backward, but I don't think that it is that he's saying he's willing to keep uh, the uh, pre-existing conditions, which, by the way, was the problem. More than anything, the idea that you could have a condition, work at a company for 10 years, change your company, and then that condition that you already had that you brought with you was not covered by your next health plan was really the main, main problem as far as for people who already had health insurance. Then the other problem was getting people insured who weren't already insured. So he said, whatever he puts together, he's going to keep pre-existing conditions, definitely. And then he also said, they're going to try to keep the provision where you can stay on your parents' health insurance till you're 26. I'm not so much for that. By the time you're 26, you should have well been off your parents' health care, I think. Kids today might as well stay on it until they're in their 30s. <laughs> well, n- not to mention... That's a microaggression. Hey, exactly. sorry, Mel. You're, you're microaggressing our millennial, uh, Donald yeah. Trump. No, look. Grow up, okay? If you want to get health insurance, get a job. Well, Go you could, find a job. Well, I'm trying to get a job, but there's just like nothing going on. Well, maybe I'm like you a journalism major, so yeah, whatever. Exactly. Why didn't you go to HVAC school? Okay, look how to. <laughs> fix what does something. that even mean? It means HVAC. Okay, air conditioning. Yes, every HVAC? every house has air conditioning, like a right? Vacuum. Everybody has. I a don't lock. vacuum my house. Okay, my mom does that. Gross. Go to locksmith school. Learn how to do something. <laughs> Make something of yourself. <laughs> You're gonna bring back the trade schools. I'm bringing back the trade school. Look, if you want to go to college and you want to get a good degree, go to a trade school. Because if you go and you waste your time doing like mythology or something stupid like that, yeah, not everybody could be a professor. Yeah. Look, well, I tried to start a blog, and I'm having a launch party for it next weekend. Great, so like, great. I'm doing something. What an entrepreneur you are! It sounds Jared Yamamoto. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Do so you guys cool. do you guys think it's pandering to young people? Because you can vote at eighteen, and then yet you can be on your parents' health care till twenty six. So I mean that that kind of uh, seals votes for the Democrats, well, in my opinion. Everything is pandering. Everything is pandering to everybody because we don't have a real uh, government anymore. I, I was against the reason I didn't vote for like literally Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and I voted Libertarian, even though that guy was a goofball. But I was just trying to keep the party alive for one more go next time around. Uh, but let me tell you something. I'm for the individual. It may surprise some people, but I didn't see a whole lot of difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. They're both statist. They're both here to tell me how the government can make my life better. I'm one of these rare birds. I don't want the government to make my life better. I want the government to get the hell out of my way. 
and sometimes I vote Republican because they lean a little bit in that direction, not not a little less regulation, a little lower taxes, and you vote for what you can get. But I am so sick and tired of everybody in government talking about how they're going to make the state make my life better. I don't want the state to make my life better. I want the state to get the hell out of the way. But also in the 60 Minutes interview, and I have some of it here, he talks about the telephone calls from Hillary and from Bill. So Hillary called, and it was a lovely call. And it was a tough call for her. I mean, I can imagine. Tougher for her than it would have been for me, and for me it would have been very, very difficult. Uh, She couldn't have been nicer. Uh, She just said, congratulations, Donald. Well done. And I said, I want to thank you very much. You were a great competitor. She's very strong and very smart. What about Bill Clinton? Did you talk to him? He did. He called the next day. Really? What did he say? Actually called last night. Fact checked himself. He he couldn't have been more gracious. He said it was an amazing run. Uh, One of the most amazing he's ever seen. Uh, Said that. He was very, very... um, Really, very nice. He was the best. Yeah, did you? Was that the best campaign? I called him up and I said, "Hey, Don, man, congratulations! You kicked my wife's butt. (laughs) (laughs) You did in one year what I've been able to do in (laughs) thirty. Man, you wiped off the phone. You wiped the phone. Shut up, Hillary. I look. You lost. You lost. I'm number one again. (laughs) I'm number one. There's only one president that. There's only one president Clinton, and I know. That someday, right now, we're grooming, we're, we're grooming Chelsea to run for Congress, right? Someday she may run and lose as well. But right now, Bill Clinton is the Clinton presidency, okay? Oh, uh, you got the pants of that family again, huh? I voted for Johnson. <laughs> you didn't like either. Go ahead. Four years of getting to ignore this guy. Now I got to just focus on his thyroid medicine. Oh, she's getting all. See, she's a robot. I told you she wasn't real. She's like Westworld. They can repair her. And you know what? You can leave now. You didn't get what you wanted. You stayed with me for almost 48 years. Get out. Monica, you can move in now. I, I, you and Donald Trump are going to go to that uh, sex slave island, Oh, I right? can't wait till we get on Jeffrey Epstein's plane and we go fly down to the Caribbean and go to that island again. I like them legal. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, For that island. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> Woo! And any more? I think you got another story for me. Yeah, is that the yeah. end of the headline? Yeah, yeah. You're staring well, well, at me. Well, no, I didn't realize that you wanted one. But so, okay, so you know, you heard about CalExit, right? Where California wants to break away from, from the United States after what happened in the election. Again, uh, civics not taught people about a thing called the Civil War. We sort of settled this years ago. But this same state has elected a dead man to office. Oh, really? Who's the dead man? Jerry Brown? They elected, uh, it's uh, Nadine Scott, I believe is her name. No, actually, I, I don't have the name in front of me here. It's yeah, I was going to say. If you Gary said- Ernst was reelected, even yeah. though he died in September. There it is. Uh, Gary Ernst died in September? <laughs> yeah, he was. He got elected to Oceanside City Treasurer. And you say he was reelected? Yes, he was well, maybe reelected. maybe he was that good. He must have been. <laughs> Even dead, we think he'll do a better job than his opponent. His legend will live on. Didn't John Ashcroft lose to a dead guy in a Senate run? I don't know. I, don't I know. think that happened in the Senate race in like 2000. A lot of times the word doesn't get out. You know, they like a guy, they like a yeah. candidate. This guy died in September, right? So a That's right. Months, people like, maybe they made up their mind months ago that they were going to vote for Gary Ernst. Hey, nothing better than Ernst. 
You can't beat that guy. He's a great what is he, state treasurer. That's right. Oh yeah, California. Well, the same the state, state treasurer is doing a great job. But this is the, again the same state that wants to break away after yeah. what happened during the hey, election. They may be on the cutting edge. All dead people in government. They can't do worse. You can't, and, and and they can't really pass any bad legislation. No more bad regulations because they're dead. If you had a state referendum in California and they voted to secede from the union, they still can't because they, they can't. need permission from every other state. And by the way, like I said, we settled this. Right. It was called the Civil War. You're not allowed to leave the Union. You're just not allowed. Also, it's it's really Mexico's, right? Isn't California really Well, Mexico? that's what... Well, it's, uh-huh. we... Uh, there was... Now you're getting into Mexico's a Mexico's like, we'll take it back for you. The, at, at some you point... Uh, that's a microaggression, by the way. Yeah. Oh, not right. to me, but Sorry. to somebody, I'm sure. To, to me, stop it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, California, if they decide... If they actually did leave... They would be not begging to get back in. They would be begging to get back in within 10 years, believe me. Because I got to think that we're keeping California afloat. Because the way that they're running that state, they're running it right oh, yeah. into the ground. She it's bankrupt. A, it's a disaster. Yeah. It's a, is it a, what is it again? It's a disaster. And uh, what are you going to do for California? Anything? We're going to do a lot of great things for California. First of all, we're going to turn it red, okay? We're going to get a lot of people voting for the Republican Party. The GOP mm. is going to be great in California. We're going to be growing grapes and oranges <laughs> and apples and pears and all those things that you like so much. I heard that. Uh, <laughs> I heard. Did you say that after your first term, you'll actually be elected by 100% of the voters the second time around <laughs> once they see what a great job you've done? I am going to win. I tell you what, I'm going to win all 538 electoral votes in the next election. <laughs> Election, trust me, believe me, it's mad. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful, beautiful thing. And by the way, California, please feel free to try. We will crush you. You know, I didn't understand when, you know, the summit where Trump went to the White House and, uh, Where's Trump here? This one place said he told me about the high flying assets. Let me see if this is the, I didn't really understand. It lasted for almost an hour and a half. And it could have, as far as I'm concerned, it could, could have gone on for a lot longer. It's, it's this one. I very much look forward to dealing with the president in the future, including counsel. Uh, he's uh, he explained some of the difficulties, some of the, the high-flying assets. What, what are the high-flying assets? Those are the alien overlords that really control this country, the shadow government. I can't really get into it, but we're going to work with them. <laughs> You're going to work with the high-flying assets? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, when we return, I got an hour ahead, but it is now time for Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Ginsburg's game day NFL picks when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Yes, what that guy said. It's all true. Here we are. Now, you may remember a few weeks ago. I, this is my favorite part of the day. <laughs> a few weeks ago, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg made her uh, thoughts known about Colin Kaepernick's refusing to stand up during the national anthem. And here's to remind you of that. This is uh, what she Would said. I arrest them for doing it? No. I think it's dumb and disrespectful. Uh, the same, I would have the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. I- so she's, uh, she didn't like it. And then what we found out was that actually Ginsburg's a big football fan and knows her stuff. Been doing the Ginsburg game day picks for a few weeks now. And four out of four last week, I believe. Four out of four. So you do, <laughs> <laughs> so you do, the, uh, you do the late games for us. So, four o'clock uh, and on. Okay, well, it's uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ginsburg Game Day 
game day picks? I'd like to first say to uh, Colin Kaepernick, nice job getting out there to vote. Yeah, he didn't vote. <laughs> I think we're going to get to that in outrage. We are going to deal with that in outrage. Yeah. That was a tease. Yeah. Okay, let's get going here. Miami yes. is taking on San Diego, and I pick Miami 28 over the Chargers 17. That's kind of a tough one because both those teams, you don't know what you're going to get on any given Sunday, and they've both been playing better, I think. They've been playing better, but Miami will come out on top. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Now we'll move to the Dallas Cowboys taking on uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in a time. Timeless rivalry going back to the 70s in those Super Bowl games. Mm -hmm. Steelers don't have what it takes anymore. They're banged up. Roethlisberger. Not there this year. I'm going with the Cowboys, 38, Steelers, 10. How do you feel very quickly about the Tony Romo thing as he gets healthier? This Dak Prescott is uh, really taking the... The healthier he gets, the more he should be happy that he's healthy and he can enjoy sitting on the bench and watching the game. Okay, so you're saying Dak Prescott the rest of the I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I, got, I got a back Dak. Dakota. I think his real name is Dakota. Dakota. Go with Dakota. There you go. Uh, in the evening game tonight... Seattle is taking on the New England Patriots. This is the first time they've met since that final play of the Super Bowl when mm-hmm. Butler uh, intercepted that pass and New England won the Super Bowl. New England won, you know, but the last thing Tom Brady needs is another Super Bowl ring. The Legion of Boom versus Tom Brady's ego. I am picking the Seahawks. Ooh, 23 wow. to the Patriots, 20. Hey, I, I didn't. What was that story that Ruth Bader Ginsburg? She showed up with a, a, a chain on that said "Defiance" or something like Defiance, that. Defiance, power to the people. You're not a fan of Trump, are you? Not a fan of Donald Trump. I will say hashtag I'm still with her. Mm-hmm. And we have to have energy to fight this nonsense. You know, R- Ruth. A lot of people are saying that uh, you're not going to make it through this presidency. Hogwash. <laughs> You know, if something happens, like if if Ted Cruz gets nominated and he's sitting next to me, I may pass out. <laughs> yeah, you got to get. You think we'll be able to get along with this next uh, with Trump's selection to the court? I have no. What if it's Ted Cruz? Well, it could be. He doesn't know anything. Well, you could teach him. Okay, I'll take him under my bat wing. All right, give it very quickly. What are the what are the winners again this week? Okay. Miami over the Chargers, mm-hmm. Cowboys over the Steelers, Seahawks over the Patriots, and don't fret, the Falcons are going to win. There you go. That's uh, Ginsburg's game day picks. She's on a roll, folks. She's on a roll. There's still outrage in this world, if you haven't noticed this week. We'll get to Outrage Corner with English Nick when we get back. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Sunday's Atlanta, Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we'll take a look, an in-depth look at the impact of this historic election on state and local issues, how it affects you personally right where you live, plus $282 in coupon savings. That's exactly why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Before we go to the outrages... I believe Autumn is going to prove that I have been wrong in some of my Uh-oh. personal outrage. Uh, or at least she's going to attempt to do so. You have a bone of contention to pick with me. I understand. Well, uh, I usually just listen to what you say, and I feel like it's probably true. But this time, I, I, I tried have, looking it up. I have the air of authority. How dare you? Yes. <laughs> you actually fact-checked me. Did you find out that I was wrong? Well... To say pres okay to to say president what is it president de- designate okay now what I'm going to say is that I've been complaining that 
people keep con- yes. continue to call Donald Trump president elect. I contend that until the electors go and do their job in December, he's actually properly referred to as president designate. He becomes president elect after the electors do their job. That's been my point of view. Right, and that that is pretty true. However, to say president designate usually refers to people who aren't voted for. Really. Like uh, the like in parliamentary systems and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can, okay. So I can clarify that just exactly what she's saying. According to Wikipedia, President. Well, it must be true. Well, according See, to. See, I tried not to look. I tried not to quote Wikipedia necessarily because I felt a little nervous. Well, about Tim, um, Tim feels confident in himself, and he's yeah. willing to go there. Right. Okay. Go for it. Exactly <laughs> what Autumn said. For example, a president who has been elected but not yet installed would be referred to as a president-elect analogously. The term designate, prime minister designate, for example, is used in systems without direct elections of executive politicians, such as in a parliamentary system. So I reject all of sure that. you just mansplained me just now? But oh, no, I didn't. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a microaggression. <laughs> Either way, you're transitioning, Mr. Trump, right? You're transitioning. I've decided that, yes, I'm transitioning. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start. Look, I've always wanted to be. No, I'm joking. Uh, you want to be a woman? I want to be a know. woman. I want to be. <laughs> Melania will be the first, uh, first gentleman because she's going to transition also. It's going to be, be fantastic. Great. fantastic. That's why you changed the transition team. Got Chris Christie out of there. Got rid of him. He was eating all of the uh, all of the food at, and uh, he kept wanting to put taxes on our bridges. I said, we can't have that. Can't have that. Yes, Jerry. Yes, but say that policy plays in, er, is in effect when you have a direct election, which in, I, don't, I don't think in our case we have a direct election. Ah, we do not have a direct election we, because we, do, we elect the electors. Correct. So, so I think, ha- Eric, you're right, actually. I knew I was right. I felt it and in 2016 all i have to do to feel is feel it to know that i was right that's you know, true now it's then time you feel it girl you go for it girl i'm gonna go for this it's time for this outrage corner that's outrageous with english nick all righty english nick who all righty <laughs> all righty english all righty laddie <laughs> All right, Eric, I am very happy to report that our friend Stephen A. Smith, who we brought up last week, the ESPN guy. Yes. He's real mad at Colin Kaepernick. He's outraged at Kaepernick because Kaepernick didn't vote. Yeah, for all of his nonsense. All Colin, of his and I told BS. you this, I told you before, this is anti American. Everybody say whatever they want. And the ridiculousness of the country's not good enough for Colin Kaepernick to stand. Well, Colin, let us know. Let us know when all of our ducks are in order and we've pleased you enough that you can stand for us. And now we find out the country's not good enough for Colin Kaepernick to be bothered to vote. But I'm not going to go on a rant because Stephen A. Smith went on the best rant. He absolutely betrayed his cause. As far as I'm concerned, Colin Kaepernick is absolutely irrelevant. I don't want to see him again. I don't want to hear from him again. I don't want to hear a damn word about anything that he has to say about our nation, the issues that we have, racial injustices, needing change, etc., etc. He comes across as a flame hypocrite as far as I'm concerned I'm not interested in a damn word that he has to say and quite frankly I hope he goes away he's lucky to be in the league right now and guess what he wasn't done and Colin Kaepernick after all this noise that you made even though you didn't intend to do so by offending our military servicemen and women and pointing out about how you wanted to bring attention to racial injustices and beyond this in this country to turn around and not to even take your behind to the polls to vote for a particular candidate, it is shameful. Absolutely shameful. Him of all people 
because of the position he took, because of the attention he brought to the issues. The fact that you don't even have the decency to go to the polls and activate yourself in this election, as our president said, is a damn shame. I don't want to hear another word from Colin Kaepernick. It's a waste of time. A matter of fact, I would personally make a request to the media in this nation, wherever he is, if he ain't on that football field trying to throw another damn incomplete pass, do me a favor and make sure one thing, take the camera away from him. It means nothing because for him not to vote, as far as I'm concerned, everything he said meant absolutely nothing. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg says Stephen A. Smith agrees with you. I love Stephen A. Smith. He's always on point. He doesn't hold back. <laughs> and it sounds like right. he's about to say, and you're grounded, young man. <laughs> That's what I like about Stephen A. He's not, he's good old-fashioned. I'm sure he probably voted for Hillary, but he has a concern. You know, there were, there were Democrats who believed in hard work at one time in this country, who believed in America. They just disagreed with Republicans. Stephen A. is one of those people, I'm guessing. Or maybe he's a Republican. I don't know. Uh, next outreach. There's nothing I can add to that. Stephen A. did the whole thing. Amen there. to Stephen A., I Absolutely. say. Amen. Travis Tritt. I think what you mean is Stephen Amen. Stephen Amen. Hey. There you go. Uh, Travis Tripp was mad that Beyonce got to be a part of the Country Music Awards, as a lot of people were. But hey, you know what? It's pop, isn't it? It's, it's pop music these days. That's the thing. That's the thing. It doesn't surprise he, he me. He tweeted about it. He's like, you know, when am I going to be able to be on BET channel if she's on CMA and blah, oh, blah, blah. Yeah, blame Country Awards. Music, yeah. not Beyonce. Yeah, blame. Look, I blame Country Music. Let me tell you something about Country Music. <laughs> Travis Tripp, maybe. I don't, I don't know stuff all that much, but maybe he's a little bit different. But, uh, He's been around in the business for a while. Yeah, yeah. but my yeah. opinion is that uh, Nashville, Tennessee, owes an apology to country music mm-hmm. for what they have been putting out there for the last 20 years in calling country music. Country music was destroyed by Nashville. Country music is pop music. Uh, Florida Georgia Line... Are you kidding me? They're not only the worst country act of all time, <laughs> they are the worst pop act in the history of pop. They are the worst. There is no way that in 1972, those two dudes would have been allowed to reside in the city limits of Nashville, <laughs> let alone be the people who are out there supposedly putting country music together. And my millennial friend here, Jared Yamamoto, who wouldn't know Leon Russell, who we just lost, if he ran into him in the street, if he was at his funeral, he wouldn't know who Leon Russell is, is about to speak up and tell me why Florida Georgia Line is country music. Well, I was going to say Nashville is a thriving metropolis now. It's one of the fastest growing cities in the southeast, what and it's because hell? it's because of this new age of country music. No, music no, no, changes no, 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 over no, no. the time. It's because of this new age of pop music. Right. All right. I'm used to pop music sucking. I'm not used to uh, country music being horrible, and that's what they've done. And the idea, if Fl- Travis Tritt should have wrote tweets. Years ago, when Florida Georgia Line was showing up at the CMAs, because that ain't country music. That, that's, that's no nearer to country music than Beyonce is to country music. My, I didn't watch it, but my understanding is she played with the Dixie Chicks and they did a country song, right? She yeah. didn't do one of her songs. No, no. They did something off No, of they've, they've been covering one of her songs on tour, so they okay. did the song with her. Something uh, off of Lemonade? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, lemonade, and, I, lemonade, which is supposed to be the greatest album, and I don't know. I've never. You just don't it. understand, man. <laughs> so there's, an, then there's some reverse outrage at Travis Tripp because he he didn't have a problem with Justin Timberlake last year. So people are saying, "Why well, uh, you have a problem with the African American movie?" The most, the most ridiculous thing about this whole story is the fact that during the performance, Kenny Chesney sat there and just stared at it. He didn't. <laughs> uh, he was mad too. No, well, he well, he didn't. He just stared. Yeah. And then he got a bunch of, of hate on his Twitter feed saying, "You're a jerk. You're not dancing. Yeah. What's wrong with you? You racist." And he's just sitting there. You know, God forbid anybody be themselves. Right. What I'm saying is, Travis Tritt should have got angry when those backward baseball cap wearing ah. morons, frat boys. You just don't like having fun, Eric. Yeah, it's a, and this country music, <laughs> this country music that is like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, he's gonna validate my lifestyle. Anything that's like, I can't stand it. We got the beer on the beach and the thing and the who and We're the We're just playing cornhole and having a good time, oh, man. Oh my Come God. Exactly how I live my life. Like, oh, give me a rock music has music. changed over the years. Country music has changed. Pop music has changed. We drive our trucks out to a cornfield and we have a bonfire. Yeah. And Pretty girl beer and the yeah. girls. Yeah, the girls. What's wrong with that? On tight. The little hank on there. The worst part yeah. about it. The worst part about it is this whole provincial idea. <laughs> like all these stupid country songs about well, round here in our little country town, that's how we do it. Oh, interesting. How come you left that little country town to go to the big city of Nashville to get big? When the hell is the last time you were on that tractor, you moron? Let me tell you something. George Jones didn't try to pretend he was still on a tractor, but you know what he was? He was a broken drunkard who sang from the heart, and he was real. And Waylon was real. And uh, and also the pop. Hey, I'm real. Who, uh, I'm who, real. I got a $3 million mansion, but my Christmas lights stay on year-round. <laughs> yeah, you're real, real. Country music has been an abomination. There for, is there's uh, a bit of a silver lining going on with people like Chris Stapleton, though. To be fair, you yeah, know, is, yeah, yeah. But I wonder how, how long that's going to last. He's Sturgill like, Simpson. He's yeah. like, yeah, those guys are kind of starting to come up a little bit, but um, it, it's almost like they're there as a relief valve. Like, see, still we still got some real sure. country music people here. I mean, I've got nothing against them. I'm I'm glad for what they're doing, but Florida Georgia Line? Are you kidding me? Let me t- you should go to a Florida Georgia Line show I wouldn't before you to, judge it. If I wouldn't go to a Florida Georgia <laughs> Line show if I was dead, <laughs> you would not be able to oh, drag dude. my corpse to that show. That is an abomination. Those dudes are going to be a goal for this idiots. show. This is going to be a goal for this show is to trick you into going to a Florida Georgia Line. Let me show. tell you something: frat boys are not supposed to like country music. I'll tell you that right off the top, and they're certainly not supposed to perform it. <laughs> oh, with their oh, I hate everything about them. Let me say it again. Oh, here, play this. We lost Leon Russell last night. Yes. Passed away peacefully in Nashville. Another in sleep. Well, there's one good thing. Yeah. Now they've lost their last good thing. <laughs> that should be a country. You need to write a country song with that. Listen up, millennials. Here's real music. All right. We have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them when we come back. And the wire seems to be the only place for me A comedy of errors and I'm falling Like a rubber neck giraffe You look into my path Well, baby, you're just too blind to see I'm up The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. 
We usually have three hours in the Von Hessler Doctrine, but not so today. This is our this is our last segment, and as, as we do every week, Paul Stanley from the rock group KISS tells us what we learned today. Paul? Yeah, thanks, Eric. We learned an awful lot this week. We learned that country music is almost as dead as rock music. <laughs> Beyonce at the CMAs? Come on, that's ridiculous. If I had been Kenny Chesney, I would have been staring at my date, too. <laughs> you know his date was a dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's a rumor, Paul. That's a rumor. Yeah, Paul. okay. Donald Trump is officially the president after less people voted for him than voted for President Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Who did you vote for, Paul? Who did you vote for? Uh, you know what? Just like with my lovers, I don't kiss and tell. Ah, but Donald Trump. Oh, we know who Gene, Gene, Gene was. Gene and I got together and we voted. We held hands. He was in one booth. I was in the next. We both voted for <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump this tonight. This is so sweet. I know. We love each other. Who's that babe? Uh-huh. Hey, you can yeah. hit on her later. I'm 70. You like my star? <laughs> oh, pointy. President Trump's on 60 Minutes tonight. Also learn, Colin Krapenek didn't vote for the president. What a jerk. Yeah, you don't like him, huh? No, I mean, he's going to make all this stink about this and that. And he's not even going to vote. He didn't Kiss- vote for anybody. Kiss owns a football team. Kiss, you know what? I would never have Colin Krapenek on my team. Your arena football team? I don't care how good of he is at running. What do they call it? The LA Army? Kiss Army or something? Something like that. I don't really know. All I, I cash the checks. That's all Gene and That's I true. does. Yeah. <laughs> I cash the checks. One last thing I learned. The Bruce Springsteen is the voice of the working class. Well, not so much anymore. Me and Gene are more in tune with the working class people of this country and I think we proved it going on tour this summer and getting people out there to vote for President Trump that's right uh, Bruce Springsteen told the working class man and woman that they should vote for Hillary but it didn't work out that way she's not blue collar alright we gotta wrap this up Thanks. Uh, get your WSB radio uh, app download that onto your smartphone we're gonna be back next Sunday of course but we're gonna do a special thing this Wednesday, starting at 8.30, we're going to tape, we're going to record our special Thanksgiving show. The second. The second one, annual, and you can tune in Facebook Live and watch us record that show. It'll be a lot of fun. Kevin Kinney, not a phony like Bruce Springsteen, real working mm. class hero. Kevin Kinney will be there. Lucky Yates from Archer will be there. So join us if you want Facebook Live. It'll be a lot of fun, and then it'll play on Thanksgiving Day. That was this episode. Oh, Mark Dowden, are you leaving us? Not leaving, but not leaving the station, but I may be leaving this show. Well, you're fantastic. Thank you very much for all your great work, and good luck in everything else. I love this show. Thank you. Thank you. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again next Sunday at noon. But until then, get off my lawn. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.